It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of Forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Hello there and welcome to 1865 and we're recording the morning after Forrest had a nil-nil draw at home to Luton in a match that was possibly light on quality but certainly had a lot to talk about. Um, Forrest had to make some team changes for this one. We knew that we were missing Ryan Yates due to suspension and Max Lowe is injured and there's speculation about whether Steve Cooper would want to change the midfield that radically bang when he's already lost one of his key midfielders. And you know what he did? So we moved Jack Cole back to left back and we saw James Garner come into the middle of the park as we expected. But we also saw a debut for Brian Ojeda, uh, the young Paraguayan player, and I'm sure we'll be mentioning him a little bit later on. The other change saw Lyle Taylor come on up front for Lewis Graben, who was rested for this match and uh, who was on the bench. And um, you know what? I think, again, that's something we might come back to a little bit later. Now, in terms of the actual match, well, in terms of the stats, it's pretty even possession-wise in terms of shots and, and, and efforts on target, in terms of uh, cards issued by the referee. And we will definitely... I think we can safely assume the referee is going to be a bit of a talking point. And the things you need to know if you missed the match or were um, uh, unable to uh, listen in is that the big talking point was that Luton had a penalty. Jack Colback was sent off for a second yellow card. Luton missed the penalty. And then there was also an outstanding save by Brice Samba at the end of the match to keep Forrest on level terms. Now, slightly different uh, format today. Uh, we're here to get a view from the opposition. So I'm joined by Ryan McCall. Um, hi there, Ryan. Last time we spoke to you, things were looking quite different because Forrester were in the doldrums and Luton were uh, punching above their weight. And I would say that Luton, you look at the table and we get to the point where the table doesn't lie. Luton are above Forrest in the table. Both teams sort of hovering around sort of mid-table-ish. And... Actually, I think that's probably reflected in the match relatively even, wasn't it? Yeah, I would agree. And thanks for having me on. Um, 
yeah, it was, um, I think when we spoke at the game last year, we were both aspiring for mid-table finishes and we weren't so far off at the end of the season. But um, yeah, both both teams struggled a bit last night, I would say, to get into it and, and get any sort of rhythm going would be my observation. Yeah, and uh, before we started recording, we were sort of saying, well, it was a match that was kind of high on, high on endeavour and there's a lot of battling, uh, but it was maybe a little bit light on quality in certain areas. In the first half, um, Forrest did have a, a few speculative efforts. So Philip Zinconagel, fresh from his uh, stunning goal at Reading at the weekend, he tried the same thing again um, in the early stages and it deflected wide. There was a, a speculative long ranger from Brian Ahada, which went over. James Garner had an effort which deflected over. Um, but in terms of actual, uh, you know, in terms of actual threat on goal, the nearest we came was a header by Scott McKenna, which um, was from a corner, which cleared the crossbar. Luton, you had an effort whereby I think James Bree put a cross in and it flashed across the face of goal. And then there was another one where uh, your striker Adebayo had a header, which he will be very disappointed to have missed the target, I think. So, yeah, quality-wise, not great. Um but what I quite like, I quite like these matches because there's there's a lot of battling going on and a lot of kind of toing and froing and 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 to me that's one of the things that I kind of enjoy about about championship football. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it it did feel I did observe it felt quite physical game last night, not in a sort of dirty sense, but that definitely that was probably the most kind of uh, interesting part, which I guess is never maybe a good thing for a game of football where the most interesting part is the physical battle potentially. But, um, and maybe that's what broke up the sort of rhythm a bit in the game and, and neither side could really start to to get going because when they look like doing so, they someone chopped someone down. So that probably <laughs> interrupted yeah. it. Did you, did you miss potentially a big opportunity in that first half? Not mentioned when uh, Mr. Taylor, T- Taylor was slid in. Or was that second half? Well, that's, that was that was at the start of the second half. So I will. Oh, okay, yeah, thank I, you, pardon. Uh, yeah, I haven't I haven't forgotten about that. Um, one <laughs> thing that I do want to ask you before I talk about that was, um, is that not just the way that Luton play then? Because I, I assumed that that Luton are a bunch. You know, you've got some quality, especially with Adebayo, um, but. I assume that actually that's what you do is you nullify the game by scrapping and battling and then and that enables you to kind of um, to kind of nullify the opposition and create those opportunities, which inevitably it's Adebayo who's the one who scores them. No, I think I think um, that's probably a misconception, actually, because because they we tend to try and get it down and play, actually, much to your probably disbelief, but clearly set out um, last night, Nathan Jones in a, in a slightly more aggressive format but typically we'd, we'd play the 3-5-2 with the wing backs and try and get up and down the wings and get balls in we seem to play more long balls last night which is actually not particularly like our style of play and maybe that's why we didn't particularly have much uh, joy in that approach so not I wouldn't necessarily uh, agree that we'd sort of would usually set out like that to be honest. Mm, okay um, the other thing that I would say is that Forest were playing a four-two-three-one. Uh, Luton, according to the official team sheet, they were playing um, three at the back with Onyedinma and Bree as wing backs. I could never quite work out because um, uh, Naismith seemed to be dropping to the left back position, and Onyedinma almost playing as a as a third forward at times. Um, and I think that that did actually 
firstly, it vindicated Forrest's decision to stick with a back four. But what it also meant was that Henry Lansbury and Alan Campbell were the midfielders who were pushing forward in support of um, uh, of your strikers, Musque and Adebayo. Now, the thing that I noticed was Peli Rudakampanzu, who I thought was a box-to-box player, but he was sitting anchoring the midfield and he's an absolute unit. Yeah, we love Pelly. He came through from the conference days all the way up into championship football. So we, we do love Pelly, but he sat, he did sit very deep. I did notice that. Um, and Odinia, uh, uh, get the name out, Ryan, come on. He's um, He played there as wing back for uh, Wickham last season, done really well, but he's more naturally um, a midfielder in my view. Mm. Yeah, well, so let's move on to that second half, because as you say, at the start of the second half, um, it was actually Impanzu who who made a little bit of a mistake and it created a chance whereby Forrest were able to um, to break. So uh, Impanzu's pass put Tom Lockyer in trouble a little bit. Uh, Lolly uh, got the ball and he slid in Lyle Taylor. Now, I think that... It was a good save. I think that the angle probably didn't favour Taylor, who's right-footed. Um, I did hear a few fans near me complaining that Taylor didn't square the ball. But firstly, I think that if you look at the, if you look at the um, action from the pitch, it would have been difficult for Taylor to see the player there. And also, if you're a striker, of course I want you to have a shot on goal in that instance. Um, did you feel like you got away with one there? 100%. 100%. I mean, I went down to the game with my neighbour, a Forest fan, and his first reaction was, got to score. Must mm. score. I think the keeper made a great save. Really pleased for James Shea, because that was his first start for us this season, actually. So our, our number one, our, fav- our favourite, Simon Sluger, um, owing to COVID restrictions, had to miss the game. So mm. it was his first start. So I was pleased with that that save. I suppose yeah. I would call it a good save. You would call it a bad miss, I suppose. Well, a bit of both, I guess. Um, uh, there was uh, an effort from Zinkenagel, which um, sort of flashed, um, I think, narrowly over and wide. Um, but then this is when the controversy started. Now, I had said to the blokes who sits next to me, I'd said to him on about 55 minutes, I have no idea what the referee is going to give any decision and no idea whatsoever and this is something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast it's not about bias it's not about um incompetence it's about inconsistency we have no idea the ref can get this have the same thing happen in front of him twice and he will give two completely contrasting decisions and that seemed to really show through again tonight it was a difficult night Obviously, under the lights is always fun, but with the weather turning, you know, autumn hitting us, although it wasn't as cold as you might expect, the pitch was very slippery. So I think the ref was trying to make some allowances for that. In the first half, um, we'd seen a couple of bookings. So Lyle Taylor had deservedly got a booking. He'd lost his head um, uh, and 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 basically taken his man out in the middle of the park and and there was a danger that Lyle Taylor was going to lose his head full stop actually at various points and then I think it was at the end of the first half Lockyer got a booking as well um now when did that start to um matter well it started to matter when Luton got a corner Steve Cooper reckons it wasn't a corner I don't know I I would need to see it back but let's give the benefit of the doubt corner came in uh, one of your players, I think he might have been Lockyer, went down in the box. And not only was a penalty given, 
but the referee then issued Colback with a second yellow card. And on that instance, it just felt like he was absolutely waiting for the opportunity to do something to impose himself on the match in that way. Now, there's a whole thing about if players are brought down in the box, should more penalties be given? I have some sympathy with that. But a yellow card for that, I, I don't know. It just felt like he was waiting to do something. And, and what's your view as an opposition fan on that one? Yeah, we had quite a good view of it, actually. And I was shocked. I actually, when the ref first blew, I thought he'd actually given a free kick um, to Forrest, um, presumably for climbing or, you know, and uh, and then, so then the penny dropped, it was a penalty. And then uh, to see then, I think it was a yellow and a then the red. It wasn't a straight red, was it? It was, it was no. second booking, I think. That yeah. was just the icing on the cake, really. So um but but didn't really see where that came from so i assumed it must have been an elbow or something to warrant that well, response on the replay it was just do you remember in um in the 2018 world cup and they they said okay if there's pushing and shoving in the box and referees need to give penalties um and it was like that so it's one of those where this usual pushing and shoving in the box colback probably did pull his man down um but if you give one of those and you're giving you know, five of those in a match. And I think that's the thing that Nathan Jones was unhappy about as well, because he said in his post-match interview, I think we could have had a couple more penalties. And you know what? I don't agree, but I have some sympathy with what he's saying, because if you give it once, then you have to keep giving it. Um, and and the ref didn't do that either. So Forrester, all of a sudden, down to 10 men, um, they were then facing a penalty. And, well, talk us through the penalty. Your, your, your big man um, up front, he took responsibility and uh, from 12 yards. What happened next? Uh, he didn't strike the ball as cleanly as he usually would. That's what happened next. So, uh, But funnily, I just didn't feel confident when he stepped up. I don't, I don't know why that was. But, um, yeah, he uh, looking on the replay, it feels like he did put it at a nice height to to give the keeper a chance. Um, usually he would just smash it low and bury it low. So, um, yeah, really disappointed, but wasn't feeling it, <laughs> to be fair. So, yeah. Um, I wonder if um, there was an element whereby the Luton players were surprised to get the penalty, the Forest players and the crowd were incensed. Um, There's a lot of chanting Samba's name in the, you know, Forest, as you'd imagine, did their best to delay the taking the penalty. And I wonder if maybe that psyched Adebayo out a little bit. I would point out as well that Samba, he did a good job of spreading himself because he went to his right, but the ball went pretty much straight down the middle. So he made sure that his, his legs stayed strong, I suppose. And, and, Regardless of whether it was a poor penalty or not, Samba did well to kick it over the bar, <laughs> bearing in mind he was only a yard off his line. So in that sense, it's a good save as well as a poor penalty, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah, and then after that, well, Forrest did make a change and everyone around me was going, oh God, we're going to have to bring on Bong. And and they didn't, actually. The first change they made was to bring off Lyle Taylor, who I think it's fair to say had had a difficult um, evening. And... The usual game plan is take off Taylor um, with about 15, 20 minutes to go, bring on Graben to give the defenders something different to think about. In this instance, they took off Taylor on 65 minutes and brought on Toby Figueredo to go three at the back, um, playing Lolly dropping into wing back along with Spence in the other wing back position. Johnson up front with Zinconagel floating around him. And then only a few minutes later, they actually changed that again and brought off Lolly 
and put on bong. And I think this was um, Steve Cooper showing a different tactical dimension. He was being quite reactive in the sense of, I think what he wanted to do was take the sting out of the match because Luton, the momentum could easily have swung your way at that moment, Ryan. So what he ended up doing was basically going sort of 5-3-1. Um, and to, although it invited pressure, to a certain extent it worked, didn't it? Because you couldn't break through. Yeah, we we um, lacked penetration, actually, which is a bit frustrating. I was trying to work out afterwards whether it was uh, resolute forest defending or just poor Luton kind of penetration and that lack of quality and, and sometimes probably a bit of both last night. But it's been a bit of a theme in our last few games, not, not really, you know, although we didn't create many chances yesterday in previous games, we've created a lot of chances and just not taking them. So that's sort of disappointing, but maybe the level that we find ourselves at to be, to be honest. Mm. And that does kind of echo what Nathan Jones said in his post-match interview. Um, Now there was, if Luton felt, or if Nathan Jones felt you could have had a couple more penalties, Forrest had what looked from where I sit on the halfway line, like an absolute stonewaller. Zinkenagel isn't, for someone who's brought up as a winger, he's not the quickest player, but he absolutely skinned him, Panzu. He kept niggling and niggling and niggling. And eventually when he brought him down, it looked to me like it was inside the box. And it looked to me like the referee bottled it. Again, as a Luton fan, albeit in the home end, what did you see there, Ryan? I, I could see it was close. I could see it was close, to be fair. Um, everyone around me convinced it was in. Uh, I wouldn't have been surprised in the slightest had he given it, um, but was very relieved when it uh, it was just a free kick. Relieved. Okay, I, I shall. I'll, I'll, let's put that in the uh, in the quotes. Um, so then, the other big moment. So there were a couple of speculative efforts. Um, so Jordan Clark went quite close. Um, he came on as a sub for you and went quite close to left footer. Um, Naismith had another effort, and then right in stoppage time, right at the death, having battled away to try and hold the match at nil nil. Naismith had quite a powerful effort from inside the box. I think it's from another corner. And Samba made what was, frankly, an outstanding save. He went down to his left. Um, it for, From where I was, it looked like one of those where you think it's gone behind the keeper, but he got a really strong hand to it and palmed it away. And, I mean, that's... OK, in this instance, it's not a match-winning save. It's a match-saving save, I suppose. Um, but... Samba got the had already been given the sponsors man of the match award after some cocky takes of the of crosses in the first half and then saving the penalty. But I tell you what, that cemented him as Forest man of the match on the night. What do you think? Yeah, I couldn't believe he stopped it. I couldn't believe it. It looked like for sure it was going into the back of the net, and I think the Luton fans to my left thought the same. But somehow he's pulled it out, and um, I, I really enjoyed watching. Uh, Samba yesterday, I think it was the most entertaining player to, to watch from Forrest. Um, and he was definitely up for it. He never stands still, that bloke. It was just <laughs> animated from start to finish. And I can definitely see why uh, the Forrest fans would would take to him. Funny stat, actually. Talked to a few colleagues at work about going to the game today. And it turns out that Bryce Samba lives three doors down from one of my colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made the joke that he'll be uh, he'll be hanging his washing out this morning because it's the first clean sheet he's kept all season. I, I don't believe that to be true. But uh, <laughs> uh, this, this is what my colleague uh, suggested today. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I mean, the, uh, the only thing is that 
Forest have conceded more goals than they'd like. So in this instance, what we'll do is we'll take we'll take the positives of the clean sheets. Um, Forest still had a chance to win it right at the death, and this is say, saying something when you're down to to ten men. Um, that they stuck nine for, nine men forward for a free kick right at the death. And I think it was Naismith who was the man who who put it over for a corner when it looked like it might have been about to zip inside the far post. But then that was about the sum of it. So nil-nil it was. What's really interesting is that neither manager was happy with the result and neither manager was happy with the referee. And Steve Cooper tried to keep his powder dry by saying, you're going to get me in trouble. I've spoken to the referee and we'll keep it with that. Um, in his post-match interview Um, but on the other hand I would also say that Cooper sounded actually probably as as rattled and upset as I've heard him sound after a match and would you agree with me Ryan regardless of which decisions went which you know whose way that refereeing in the championship has got the potential to ruin perfectly good matches of football yeah it did seem um below par compared to the level of the football we're supposed to be uh, enjoying so um it, it, there was a lot of commentary around me from the forest fans uh, I had the pleasure of sitting with who who um were not happy with that performance and i think it's the unpredictability as you say that sort of was the bit that that seemed to uh, make it entertaining and when you're I suppose when the referee's the main entertainment that that's not a good place to be either in a football game is it yeah absolutely the ref should never be the the in in the spotlight should he um, and that's just one of those things that uh, I mean there's no point talking about it to a certain extent because we're used to it most weeks um, now what I will say is coming back to Forest is that um if you think about where Forrest are at, um, looking at the table at the moment, Forrest are 12th in table and Luton are 11th. So both teams have moved up, albeit possibly temporarily, in the table as a result of that point. Um, in this particular match as well, we, um, you know, I say the stats were fairly even, but what that means now is that Forrest have got a depleted, further depleted squad. Um, and they'll be knackered going into Friday night's match at West Brom. And that's something that, I'm going to be honest, it does worry me slightly. It's going to be a tough game. Um, fortunately, Jeremy Simpson is not going to be the referee in that one. Um, knowing our luck, we'll probably get Keith Stroud again. Um, but it should be a good match under the floodlights on Friday night. We will be doing a report on that on Saturday. In the meantime, I say thank you to Ryan McCall for joining us and providing the view from the opposition. And I say thank you to you, listener. Oh, I'm glad you're still here. Um, What I forgot to mention, because we're quite tight for time when we're talking to Brian, is that Brian Ojeda was brilliant. I mean, he wasn't man of the match, but he was an absolute bundle of energy in the first half. And he grew in confidence in the second half. He was trying a few different things. I wasn't expecting him to last for the full 90 minutes, but of course, circumstances dictated that he had to. And he did really well. And um, he was helped as well by Garner alongside him. So the two central midfielders did really well, bearing in mind that Yates and Colback had made those positions their own. My man of the match, however, um, was not Bree Samba, but was Scott McKenna, who once again was absolutely immense. Um, just, uh, you know, a one-man Scottish wall, old school defending. 
Finally, before we leave you, just a quick reminder, we are running a giveaway. So if you want some Forest merch, then check out our social media feed. Basically, all we want you to do is to review our podcast and to send us a screen grab of that review. And then we can send you a mug or a mini kit hanger. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.